we get pulled in so many directions as communicators, right, for schools. You know, it's part counselor, part marketer, part crisis communication. I mean, you name it, we're, we're, we're doing it. So I think having something that really comes back and grounds that work to say, okay, these are, these are the three things I need to get done today. And then I can move on to whatever that next project is, helps me stay focused and then helps that project continue to move forward. Welcome to another episode of School PR Drive Time, a podcast produced by NCSPRA about driving the narrative forward for public education through the work of school PR professionals. I'm your co-host, Stacia Harris, a member of the NCSPRA board, and I'm also the director of communications for Buncombe County Schools. Today, Greg Schull, a fellow NCSPRA board member, joins me today. Greg is the director of communications for Cleveland County Schools, and we're excited to have him here with us. Welcome, Greg. Thank you, Stacia. I'm glad to be here. Greg will help guide our conversation with Sarah O'Donnell. Sarah is the Director of Communications for the Stevens Point Area Public School District in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. In Sarah's district, they crafted a strategy to increase enrollment at one of their schools, and they were able to see some great results. She'll give us a behind-the-scenes peek at how they put this strategy together. So after the break, we'll switch gears to focus on Greg. So as part of Greg's doctoral program, he discovered the value of a communications scorecard. This is another really useful tool that can help you perform your job better. So get ready for two great conversations. Let's start the show. Hello, Sarah, and welcome to School PR Drive Time. So first up, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience in school PR? Yeah, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. Um, I have been in school communications with Stevens Point Area Public School District for the last nine years. The last five of those I have served as our uh, director of communications. Awesome. So the reason uh, we we wanted to have you come on the show, Sarah, is... uh, I'm interested in in tools and analytics and how school communicators can quantify goals and quantify success. And so I was so inspired by uh, just some information that you shared over uh, the NSPRA Connect board. It's basically regarding one of your schools, the Point of Discovery School, and that's sort of um, a project-based learning style atmosphere. So it's one of your public schools where enrollment wasn't really where you wanted it to be. And so you all launched this amazing campaign with a lot of research, um, very organized. You guys launched a campaign and you saw some success. So let's talk about, first up, explain what Point of Discovery School is. You guys call it a public charter school, but go ahead, tell me what that means uh, in Wisconsin terminology. Yeah, we do. So we have a very um, traditional set of schools here in Stevens Point. Um, Pods is our 15th school in our district. And we were really looking for ways to try to um, implement different types of learning for different types of students. We have one high school in Stevens Point um, of about 1,500 students, and it really caters to, it's a great school, but really caters to students who do well in a traditional learning model. And we know that not all students do well in a traditional learning model. So we wanted the opportunity to kind of test um, some other ways that students could learn. And this was um, a project-based, uh, came in as an EL school, an expeditionary learning school. We started with uh, enrolling just sixth grade with the intent to roll, enroll sixth through eighth grade. So we expanded kind of year by year. We wanted the school to grow slowly. 
Um, we were doing that sixth through ninth grade. And then um, last year went back to the board and asked for that school to be able to expand into 10th grade, which is all, what our where our high school starts here. So SPASH, our high school is 10th, 11th and 12th grade. And that was when our board really um, wanted us to pump the brakes a little bit and took a deeper look at, you know, enrollment specifically. So how many students, uh, especially as, you know, is the responsibility of boards to say, you know, how, uh, what types of resources are we putting towards a school? How are these students performing? How does this fit into our bigger model? And they really were concerned at how many students were currently enrolled in pods at the time, um, which we were hovering, I would say right about 75 students at the time and really wanted us to go out and tell the story of pods uh, to attract more students to the school. I think to really A, just um, make sure people knew that the school existed and it was an opportunity for students and then B, to help sort of justify the amount of resources. That's awesome. Before we dive too deep into some tools that you have shared, talk a little bit about how this strategy impacted the enrollment overall. overall. So tell us, I mean, did, did you achieve the goals you set out for? And then once we kind of go there, let's then, I want to dive deep into some of the things that you were doing and what I saw, but how did it impact everything? Sure. Yeah. Our goal was to add 40 students um, overall. So we didn't care what grades those students came into. Um, we were not able to hit 40 students. Um, we launched the campaign right before the pandemic hit. Our big call to action was uh, to come see for yourself, which made recruiting a little bit tougher during that time. But when we took a look at some of the, the goals we set up for our tactics, we, we knew we were hitting those. So we were looking for um, engagement. We were looking for, we set up a few landing pages that we were tracking um, movement there, visits there. Um, and we really knew that we we were achieving those goals as we went through it. And we will link all of these documents in the show notes. So folks who are listening, you can go back and, and click it and download it so you can kind of visualize what we're talking about. So, uh, so, so we saw some of the documents that you set up where you essentially laid out goals and schedules, um, key messages. Uh, you even uh, sort of created uh, characters to, to message to. So that was kind of, kind of the tool that, that you all came up with. Back it up a little bit and tell me how you got to that point and why those specific metrics made sense for you guys. Yeah, I'm a really big believer in jobs theory or jobs to be done theory. I think that that when applied to how we think of the jobs that a school is performing for your students, for your parents, for your staff really play out. So we formed a marketing committee made up of um, teaching staff at the school, parents of students at the school and students of the school um, and a few community members and really walked through, you know, what, what are the things that the school is providing? What makes you want to come to school here every day? What makes you want to send your student here? Uh, what are you worried about though, too, as well? So you'll see in those persona documents, you know, we didn't just identify um, key messages that we really thought would play well. We also tried to identify key barriers that would stop someone from enrolling in the school. So really taking it all the way back to what, you know, when I'm a, a customer and I start that customer journey and I think that pods might be an option for my student, what are those things that I'm considering? And then just very methodically walking through that customer journey of, okay, I enter here, here's my next step. Here's my next step with the school. Here's where I interact with the principal. Uh, here's where I talk to a parent. 
you know, because I want to know, like, what is this really like? And then here's where I enroll. So really trying to think through all of those steps and then just back up, you know, what that looks like in an editorial calendar to get them through that process. Well, I dove into your Google tool, tools and you've shared that with us. And as Stacia mentioned, this will be available for folks to look at. Talk us through the, the marketing strategy and the roadmap. And these are some tabs, I think, that are at the bottom uh, when you when you look through these Google Docs, you can see some tabs. One is a roadmap, and then there's some needs. And you know, walk us through your key messages and how you're connecting with target audiences and and making sure you're doing that. Yeah, sure. So we developed two student personas and two parent personas that we really thought embodied uh, the the folks that we were that we were talking to. And just to follow up then, because so, I'm looking at those as well, you have a picture, you have things about them. And so those aren't specific students. Those are your fabricated student that represents a group. And so it puts a face with it ultimately. Yeah. So when we did some of that research at the front end, we really tried to pull out um things we heard over and over again, right? So Chris, for example, you know, he's a student, he's looking for a different type of education, he wants personalized learning, uh, he wants to be seen and noticed as an individual. That was one thing we heard a lot from our students at the bigger school, and not that that school doesn't do a great job for students, but that particular student might feel lost. So we know when we're putting out our messages to students, we wanna highlight, you know, I feel seen, I felt heard. I felt like there was a place I could plug in. Someone knew my name when I came in every day. You know, those, those, those types of messages. And then when we came back to do, you know, the video campaign, the social media campaign, um, some of the peer, we did some like student takeovers on Instagram. We provided those messages to those folks and said, you know, we want you to embed in your own words, what does this look like for you when you come to this school? So that we had the closest stakeholder talking to that consumer, you know, it's not the weird communication person <laughs> telling you, right. People expect me to say pods is awesome because it is, but it, right. it means so right. much more when you have the parent sharing their story about how their student has blossomed at this school or, you know, the teacher saying, you know, this is when I come to school every day, this is what motivates me. It's, you know, it's these kids and, you know, everybody has those folks in, in their schools. It's just, finding them and being able to tap them in with that passion and then finding ways to, to capture that and then share that at, on the right channels at the right time to the right person to get them to convert. Awesome. And Sarah, I did want to ask you, how many people are on your team? Is it, are you, are you I'm one a one-man band? band. Have... Yep. 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 So, you know, I say that, but yet technically, right. It's like me, <laughs> but I, um, I will, beg, borrow, and take from every department, you know, you find those people who help you, right? That just, they have a passion and they don't realize that what they're doing is communication, but they're, that's exactly what they're doing. Um, so I, I don't feel too lonely here. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Cause it was, and it's amazing that you were able to sort of do what you did with just being, you know, a one person shot. But um, I think that gives us a lot of hope. I know here in North Carolina, we have a lot of school systems where it's just one person or, or two people. And so uh, we always want to kind of bring it back to kind of what can you do with where you are and the resources that, that you have in front of you. And, and so one of um, kind of talk about one of the other items that sort of came out of your research and it was um, a roadmap. So, and again, for folks, they may not have it in front of them, kind of describe that tool and why it was important to you. I, I think as many school communicators, I'm a little type A, 
I like to know uh, what is in front of me and I like to know where I'm going. And the easiest way that I have found to be able to do this is a, it's a super simple tool where you just kind of map out, you know, here are the days that are coming up in a, let's say you're doing a six week campaign. And then here are the channels I have available to me to communicate and then what is going when, and then schedule it and, you know, adjust as you need to, but then kind of let it go. So that's my version of a roadmap. Um, so, you know, we, we have our goals right on there. The, the, the marketing team had access to this. All teachers in the school had access to this so they could see where they were to be plugging in. Um, and then you just kind of walk through it. And again, always keeping in mind, you know, probably weekly taking a peek at those engagement metrics, you know, how many people are coming to that landing page? Are we getting engagement on social media like we want? Um, are we seeing people convert, right? Are people signing up to learn more information to come visit the school? Uh, to do a virtual event this year, those sorts of things. Awesome. And I have one quick follow-up before I turn it back over to Greg. So you're a one-person shop, you're a one-man band. So you're really relying on buy-in and cooperation from lots of other folks in your school system. So uh, kind of a two-part question. Um, first, how how did you get the staff at the school to sort of understand your vision and, and sort of the need to become marketers. And we were talking offline, marketing doesn't always jive with educators that they don't, they just do their jobs and they are amazing. But when you, when you say marketing, it's, it's like they don't quite get it. So that's, that's important. How did you, how did you get your teachers on board? I think we were in a unique place because of the conversations our board had had about longevity of the school, right? So there's certainly a motivating factor there for, you know, I think educators deeply believe and do good things for students, right? So knowing that that might be in jeopardy certainly is a motivator. Let's say we didn't have that motivator and, and I, I try to listen more than I talk, especially in the beginning, you know, when you're, when you come in and okay, build me a marketing campaign. I think it is not wise to come in and say, hi, I'm the marketing person. Here's the campaign. I need you to post on Facebook three times a day, right? It's tell me about your school. Tell me about what you love. Okay. Would you be willing to put this on Facebook? Or, you know, if I come hang out at your school on Thursday mornings, would it be okay if I took some pictures, you know, here's what I saw, here's what your students said about you. I mean, we had the videos that, you know, we'll certainly share. Um, you know, we had teachers crying <laughs> the first time they watched them because I think it's, it's being put in a light where because they are so good at what they do, they don't realize that they're so good at what they do. So to have that reflected back in any type of communication, uh, we usually find that's really positive for, for folks. And then you mentioned that you were kind of on the search for ambassadors in the school to tell the story. So it's not Sarah saying, oh, the school, it's great. It's your ambassadors telling you, oh, the school is great. Um, did you find that you were able to find some support and some ambassadors in the larger community as far as people sharing your messages and reacting to the content that you guys were putting out? Absolutely. We did put together, and I will share this as well, we have a parent presentation where we we sat, you know, our group of parents down and said, like, here, here's what we need from you. Here's where we're going to be sharing messages. Here are the messages. Here's who we're looking for. If you have friends who have students that fit this bill, if you have neighbors that have students that fit this bill, you know, we need your help to help share, you know, the, the, the stories about Point of Discovery School 
because again, I think, you know, people expect me to say good things about the schools. It's very different when your neighbor says, hey, I noticed your students transitioning into seventh grade. Have you thought about pods? It's, a, you know, it, it offers these, these things for these reasons. And, you know, I just, I think you should check it out. All right. I have to admit a couple things to you. When you first started saying pods, I, I, I had to go back and, and, and reflect and think what that stood for. And so, you know, I'm a little slow on this. I picked up on it. So I'm, I'm with you. I also, I, I, I'm knee deep in your tool and I love that it's interactive. And I have to admit, I've tried to check your check boxes that you have just to see if I could kind of tinker a little bit and you've got it locked down. Uh, I can't, I can't do much with it, but it's really nice. And I can't wait to steal some of your work. Um, also, one of my favorite things about any type of um, campaign or initiative is that there are metrics for it and things that you can, you know, use to indicate success, but also to see that you've done what you planned you would do. And so I noticed some color coding at the top where you've got completed, waiting on, working on, and not started. Um, how helpful is it to you to have a tool that just guides your effort and reminds you where you're at in the process? First of all, I will make sure that's open for folks because recreating this would not be fun. <laughs> um, so I will open that up. And, you know, second, I think, again, it's we get pulled in so many directions as communicators, right, for schools. You know, it's part counselor, part marketer, part crisis communication. I mean, you name it, we're, we're, we're doing it. So I think having something that really comes back and grounds that work to say, okay, these are, these are the three things I need to get done today. And then I can move on to whatever that next project is, helps me stay focused and then helps that project continue to move forward. And as we're uh, kind of starting to wrap up this portion uh, of the conversation, I want to get into how this tool can be scalable for, you know, a department with maybe, maybe three or four folks, or maybe a school system that's uh, much larger, um, 40, 44 schools, that's what Buncombe County Schools is. How do you, how do you scale this um, in a way that it's, it's still effective, um, but it's also not overwhelming? 44 schools is a lot of schools. <laughs> <laughs> Tell um, me about it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think for me, it was helpful to have the tool you know, I, I am a shop of one, but I was not the only person working on the project. So to be able to come back and see how other, you know, what had been completed, what needed to be completed and where people were, I would think that if you had a larger team, if you had more schools, you would be able to A, replicate the tool, right? This is just how we do business now. Um, and then B, you know, be able to kind of keep tabs, not only on what you were doing, but on what, what other folks were doing as well. Shaw, did you have any more questions? I mean, I have plenty of questions, but I don't want to put us up against the wall. I think we invite folks to look at this and experience it for themselves, and, and they will see a lot of work that has already been created. And thankfully, Sarah, you're willing to share this. Uh, hopefully, we can send some of our things your direction, but I see this as being extremely helpful. It is. I mean, absolutely. And that's what struck me about it. Is that it's a way, I feel like, to quantify something that's sometimes not quantifiable, that's hard to explain to people who are outside of this world what we do. And um, obviously, after the break, uh, Greg and I'll get into um, communication scorecards, which is, again, it's um, it's another tool to help you measure success. And, and in a sense, um, and, and Greg and I talked about this a little bit before we went on air, you can justify wanting to spend X amount of dollars on a Facebook campaign, or if you want to do an ad buy on TV, if you can give someone hard numbers that says, 
this is the thing that we want to do. And, oh, look, we made it this far with these resources. Look where we can go with these other resources. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for for being with us today. We definitely appreciate your time. And again, everyone uh, listening, we will post a a link with all of these resources in the show notes so that you all can download them and customize them for your school system. So after the break, we're going to focus on communications scorecards and how they can help your department and your schools measure and evaluate communications strategies. Stay with us. You're listening to School PR Drive Time. Hello, this is Kevin Smith, a member of the media team and board of directors with NCSPRA, the North Carolina School Public Relations Association, and Community Relations Coordinator with Transylvania County Schools. We hope you are enjoying this episode of School PR Drive Time, the NCSPRA podcast about driving the narrative forward in support of public education. In 2021, we want to know more about the people who make good things happen every day for every student in North Carolina's public schools. They are the same folks who make news for our members to share with their communities. And this podcast is one way we hope to spread that news for all our listeners. Please follow NCSPRA on social media and learn how school PR supports the mission of everyone in North Carolina's public schools. Share this program with someone you think will appreciate knowing more and subscribe yourself wherever you get your podcasts. We're glad you joined us. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to School PR Drive Time. I'm Greg Scholl. And I'm Stacia Harris. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. So we had a great conversation with Sarah, and now we want to turn our attention to another important communications and marketing tool that Greg is pretty familiar with, and he is going to take us to school. We're talking about communication scorecards. And uh, one point that I didn't really get to mention with Sarah is we brought her on to talk about enrollment and enrollment at a particular, particular school. And we all know that Enrollment matters all year long, but during a pandemic um, when things are so challenging already, I just think it's so important to make sure you have access to the best tools, the best strategies, and the best way to sort of measure success so that you can tackle these big problems in, in, a, in a focused way and you can have a good return on your investment. Uh, so communication scorecards, Greg, tell us what they are. Well, sure. Let's start at the top with uh, strategic planning. Our, our, all of our school systems pretty much go through a strategic planning process. And as Sarah mentioned, you know, she, she talked about the enrollment, which that's usually a goal that we, we discover through our, throughout the strategic planning process. So when, when you map out your strategic plan and you divide up into all of your committees and you, you decide, here's what we're going to do, well, then what? What do you do from there? And a lot of times, you know, we're in the world of smart goals and, you know, all of those uh, ways to go about it and, you know, how do we measure and we're, we're thinking through things from, you know, what we maybe learned in, in our, our collegiate experiences that taught us 10 years ago, 15, 20 for some of us on how to approach it. So basically a balanced scorecard is a concept that when I, I worked at UPS in the private sector and I went in as a communications person and, and I did PR there in one of our regions and I was introduced to the balanced scorecard and uh, working in human resources, I was exposed, uh, communications was under com- uh, human resources. So I was exposed to all of the uh, metrics that we, we wanted to um, track and then achieve certain goals based upon the numeric, wh- whatever was determined to be where we needed to go. And so communications was um, a department within a department. And I then also had um, 
seven areas of interest that I needed to look at and always be working towards that impacted the human resources scorecard. Well, the human resources scorecard impacted the business scorecard. So conceptually, the, the entire idea of a balanced scorecard and the um, balance in general is to make sure that you're looking at all areas of interest. So we do talk about customers and that, those types of relations, but we're also looking at operations. So we're not just one-sided in the approach. That's where balanced comes from. And so for our interest as communications folks, um, diving into that world is, I think, kind of what you're most interested in. And for those listening, we are also going to leave a link to a sample scorecard in the show notes. You all can uh, look at it, um, hopefully when you're not driving during the School PR Drive Time podcast. So Greg, can you kind of explain for folks who, who are listening, for a communications professional, what would our balanced scorecard look like? Well, it depends on what you want. I mean, everything is customizable. It depends. And, and I'm going to, I'll give you some things, but I'll tell you that it depends first. It, it depends on what's important to you because what's important to me in Cleveland County, North Carolina may not have been important to them in Wisconsin with Sarah that we were talking about or talking with earlier. So you determine based off your strategic goals, but once you start figuring out, you know, what you want to drop in. So as you can have a, uh, a communication scorecard for our um, department, but I like to stretch that out just a little bit and cascade it towards the schools. And so I look for schools to have things that their stakeholders expect from them. So in, a, in the first year of a process of a, of a communication scorecard, you may see things that lend towards more towards quantity. And what I mean by that is you're asking them to do things that they may have not ordinarily been doing which they probably should have. For example, Facebook posts, how many are you putting out there? So we talk about quantity. Let's start making sure we're able to do it. We feel comfortable doing it. They start discover what works and what doesn't. And then when you move into like another phase or a second year, you start talking about quality and measuring and it all just starts to go from there and you, you figure out, uh, you let it drive what you do from year to year and you mold based upon what you know didn't work because we'll always try something thinking it's going to be magical and then it just doesn't turn out so. And as you are dealing with, uh, you know, school folks, um, and, and just like Sarah needed to get some buy-in with, with the teachers and the folks at, at pods, how do you communicate the, the communication scorecard to, to folks who are, you know, they're trained educators and, and may not necessarily be in their wheelhouse? Sure. Well, I do so by making sure they know one thing. I am not smarter than them. I did not um, create this process. Um, it, it, it's been out since the early 90s. Doctors Kaplan and Norton of Harvard University came out with this framework. We have just um, molded it from the business environment and placed it in education and put our love around it and have been able to use it as a good tool. So what I tend to do, um, I do consult with this and I work with area school systems to, to, to put this in place. And usually it's with a counterpart. So like Stacia, if you said, Greg, come do this with me. And I'm like, all right, right on, let's do this. My goal is not for you to look like I know more than you. It's just for me to do exactly what Sarah did, pass the framework over to you, show you a couple little things that how to make it work, where to track, how to measure, how to monitor. And then we roll it out. So for example, a good rollout may include you, you started a principal's meeting. You get, you kind of, do like we do everything else. You, you bring them and say, hey, here's what we're doing. Don't, don't be fearful of this. We're going to look at what we're, how many posts we're putting out uh, in social media. Are we touching our websites, uh, magazines, all these things that we may do that we need information from you, 
or you're going to push it out and do it yourself. So there's a variety. It's, it's just whatever initiatives that you have, we're going to weave those in and call them elements, scorecard elements. And then we're going to start tracking it. And so the numbers, uh, you know, how principals in schools, they're, they're very competitive. So if you say, you know, Hey, you're 65% effective on this for the month of whatever, they're like, Oh my goodness, I can't do that. I've got to get better at this. So they're so competitive that that arbitrary number that we just kind of fabricated based off of how we decided what was important and what's not, they start chasing it and they'll chase a lot of things. And so for example, if you think, think about this from a communication standpoint, if they start chasing our world, just imagine how it just intensifies throughout your district. You've got so much content that it's, it's just inundating the market. And it's really nice to just go around and see all this great stuff. It scares um, the daylights out of PR folks initially, because it's kind of like, Oh no, the control I've let go of it. But who knows more about a school than the school themselves. And when you get them trained and comfortable with the, you know, doing that, they get pretty good at it. And so, for example, how many times do you touch the media? I mean, do you always have to go through me to do it? I mean, I like to take the negative things. I want them to take the positive. I want them to create the touch with the newspaper to be a positive outreach for them and build that relationship. So, uh, Greg, I'd love for you to give us an example of how you've seen folks connect the dots between the scorecard, you know, the tasks and the goals and the metrics, and then actual real-world success. For sure. So a scorecard to me is a physical document. It's not physical as in paper. Let's think digitally. It's sitting in Google Drive. I share that with the school. The school sees it. They have access to it. They even self-report their metrics. And that's what's most important about this is the self-reporting mechanism. So when people get fearful and they're like, oh, no, how am I going to do all this? And, you know, that's the first thing you hear is just more and more and more. Well, then you, you, you kind of ease them back and say, you, you're already doing this. What do you mean? You know, look at your social media. You're pounding it. Uh, let's just keep up with it and see what we're doing and track how well we're doing. And so once we kind of ease that tension and fold into it and let them self-report and they'll say things like, hey, we had we planned to do this, but we didn't end up doing it because there was a snowstorm. I'm like, OK, so what? Then don't track it. Call it, you know, scratch it off of your report and don't worry about it. You're too hard on yourself. The object of measurement for most, for at least for schools that I found is just to get them to, to think about it and be conscious of it and to, to start going after things that matter and make communications matter. And that's, that's why it's been successful. Now, how do you do something like this um, in a school system, especially like you said, you've got 44 schools. First and foremost, a superintendent's got to buy into it. And, you know, typically when they see information coming at them at the level that this can push out, they never have to ask again for positive comments. It's sitting in their lap. Some school systems even have, uh, we've created um, a metric for positive comments and positive things that are happening within a given week. And they may have to submit a certain number. Well, they go directly to the superintendent, rather in an inbox or to a spreadsheet so that that person can then go back. And if they're going to do a television show or something, they can they can just have those at their fingertips and they're up to date. They're not from three or four months ago. So, Shul, as we sort of wrap up our, our conversation, I think you bring up an excellent point is, you know, involving your superintendent. And more than that, you know, it's involving your leadership team. And and if you don't, you know, for example, have, have a place in the cabinet or on your leadership team, kind of uh, however you all describe it in your school system, what an amazing data set to be able to to bring literally to the table and say, 
this is what we do and this is why school PR and school communications matters. So give me that seat at the table. I mean, you'll ask nicely, but you know. All right, well, let, let me just say how important it is to have this same scorecard, not just as a communications person, but as a human resources person, as um, operations, when they come back and they say, what have we been, all these things that are important that we talk about, it's really nice to come to the table and say, here's what we've done, here's what we said we're doing, here's our ROIs, um, you know, return on investment. Um, and then you have all these key measure in, uh, K, uh, KPIs, uh, that, which is basically the, the indicators of success. Mm -hmm. And so when you're talking about those, a lot, of, a lot of these meetings take place weekly, right? Some metrics won't change for a month. Some will change daily. And it depends on what you're looking at and how you're going to care for that. So for example, the teaching working condition survey, that would be something that you can't impact, but once every two years, at least in North Carolina. However, if you create sub goals and you start looking at those areas of interest and that becomes an important feature to your aspect that it, at least at certain schools, you don't wanna just hope that you get where you wanna go. You've got to put things in place. You've got to track it, how, how it was done. So for example, you could do key message indexing. So what a key message index would be is that you, you put together some basic questions, you, you, you put out some information and then you, you survey to see if what information you put out stuck. And then you put, you take your results of that survey. Um, you have a goal that you hope to have achieved. And so a, a scorecard for a communications person may be your key message indexing. How well did that, what you put out, how well, when you, when you put it out to everyone, whether internally or not, did they consume what you put out? And so the survey will tell you. Uh, yes or no. And so you take those results and you're like, uh oh, I didn't do too good of a job of what I thought I did because I was I sent that email. You know, I hit go on that. I know they got <laughs> right. But was it consumed? You know, no. How many is sitting in your inbox right now that you just click it and roll just to get it unmarked? Mm -hmm. So you create importance with that and you try to find places that maybe email is not the best way for internal communicating anymore. Absolutely. So uh, amazing conversation, show. We kind of want, kind of want to start uh, wrapping it up. Um, is there anything you'd like to add? Anything that you think uh, we missed? Um, I know for sure I've never, uh, you know, until we, we really started talking about it between ourselves, I'd never really heard of a balanced scorecard. Is this, is this something that, you know, beginners um, and, and, and folks like me could easily understand? Absolutely. There's, you can go uh, look on websites. There's all kinds of books about it. I mean, you can develop this on your own without, um, any help at all. Where I come in as in my consultation role, usually people call me and say, hey, come help me with this or let's look into it. And then they finally either do it themselves or, or they, they ask me to come help with that implementation. Um, it, it just, it adds an element of comfort, comfort for them so I can hold their hand, show them some things that have been successful, steer them away from some things that I think may not, doesn't mean it won't be for them. Um, but I just kind of bring some things to the table. And then if they say, well, hey, will you just set this up for me? I, I don't have time to do. It. I'm like, great, no problem. And so I roll it out. I put it in their environment. Um, I, I, I put it to where if at any one point they want to clip me from the roster, they can go ahead and do that because the whole point is capacity building and educating each other. And I learn from them. They learn from me. And if they walk away with the tool and they can run on their own two legs and, I, and I'm not there with them, that's even better. <laughs> so back to it, I'm not any smarter than any one person that I go help. I just share some tools, help them get it up, set up and running in some places where they don't have a PR person, which I always encourage them. You really need to have a communications person internally in your district. But if they don't, I will help run it 
for them and find that person, identify them, and we'll find a communications person, groom them and help them learn how to do it. And then I just kind of creep out and I'm like, here you go. That's exciting. Yay. I'm, <laughs> I'm so excited you're using a balanced scorecard I, to the point where I, I, I get so excited. I don't even want to be part of your organization anymore because you can do it probably better than I can. And we will leave it there. And we're going to creep on out of this podcast on that note. <laughs> Greg, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Daisha, thanks for letting me come on and co-host and then talk a little bit about some uh, things I'm passionate about. But this is just always hanging with you is uh, a great day for me. I am. I am amazing. Thank you, Greg Scholl. We'll, talk, we'll check you later. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I am amazing.